Let's suppose that you were able every night to dream any dream you wanted to dream. And that you could, for example, have the power within one night to dream 75 years of time. Or any length of time you wanted to have. And you would naturally, as you began on this adventure of dreams, you would fulfill all your wishes. You would have every kind of pleasure you could conceive. And after several nights of 75 years of total pleasure each, you would say, well, that was pretty great. But now let's, um, let's have a surprise. Let's have a dream which isn't under control. Well, something is going to happen to me that I don't know what it's going to be. And uh, you, you would dig that and come out of that and say, wow, that was a, a close shave, wasn't it? And then you would get more and more adventurous and you would make further and further out gambles as to what you would dream. And finally, you would dream where you are now. You would dream the dream of living the life that you are actually living today. That would be within the infinite multiplicity of choices you would have of playing that you weren't God because the whole nature of the Godhead according to this idea is to play that he's not the first thing he says to himself is man get lost because he gives himself away the nature of love is self-abandonment not clinging to oneself throwing yourself out as in, for example, in basketball, you're always getting rid of the ball. You say to the other fellow, have a ball. See? And uh, that, that keeps things moving. That's the nature of life. So in this idea then, everybody is fundamentally the ultimate reality. Not God in a politically kingly sense, but God in the sense of being the self, the deep down, basic, whatever there is. And you're all that. Only you're pretending you're not. A real good chat with DJ Choppers and Sana. Bringing light and shade into your life.
Hello and welcome to Meltdown. And this week we have got uh, a real deep chat. So we, we we did a real good chat last time, but this one's going to be a bit more uh, in depth, more deep. Now we're going to be do a bit well, a bit more vulnerable. This one, I think, which is which is good for everyone. I think it's good to be honest and upfront about things. So yeah, that's what we want to do with this show today is just try and talk a bit about different things that are quite serious and not nice things that need addressing really isn't it so mm-hmm. we've got we got a bit of a, a a positive sandwich so we've got the a bit of the like deeper side of stuff and then we got like the positive side of things as well so uh, we the, the first thing we I wanted to talk about was um, was bereavement because I think we we've all everyone has experienced some sort of loss in their life and yeah so yeah not, obviously we I know people know about DJJ two sadly lost a year ago and yeah it's, it's been quite a hard hard thing for me to go over that and. And you, you've just lost someone as well, haven't you? Yeah. I, like a week ago, um, it was one of my friends from school. She had muscular dystrophy. Um, yeah. It's still a bit raw at the, mo- at the moment. Um, but yeah, it was just, I think it's the shock, really. And yeah. then after yeah. the shock, thinking, oh, could I have done this better? Could I have done this better? You know what I mean? I wish I said that. Or if I could have been more supportive, you know what I mean? Um, but yeah. Yeah, I think you know, I mean, that, that's always a stage of uh, grief, I think. There's a regret mm. and like, it was like it, I think there's about seven, seven stages. And I think that one of the first one is anger and grief and mm. regret, really. But like, I wouldn't say it gets easier. I just think you learn to live with it. Like, I, it's still... For me, it's still as hard as it was on the Thursday I found out about James than it is today, really. Well, mm-hmm. I think I'm starting to... That- I'm starting to look back at memories and with a smile on my face rather than sadness. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's nearly off the acceptance stage, and, and obviously there isn't a right way to do it. We all grieve in different ways. All, all mm-hmm. I can do is say what what's helped me, and yeah, you know, my coping strategies. But I think I think for us, like I said to you the other day, I think. Losing people with similar conditions has hits a lot harder to us, doesn't it? Because obviously it's a bit, it's more on, a bit more on your doorstep, I guess. Yeah. And it just, it just makes you. I don't know. It makes you think, worry about what's going to happen in the future for yourself and stuff. But. 
But then you've got to remember, like, if, you, if you're going to live, live thinking like that, you're not going to live, are you? You're just going to be struggling all. And so it's your time, but there's no point in worrying, worrying about what you can't control. You can control what's today, can't you, really? So. Yeah. Yeah, we can't control that they're gone and stuff, but what we can control is, like, how we're going to respond and deal with that, if that makes sense. They'd probably... They want us to be happy. And also, like... I know Ellie, Ellie was quite young. She was 20. Um, and we used to go to the same school, and I used to, like, mentor her. And everyone used to be like, oh, she's, like, just like Santa. She's so... Um, like mini Santa um, and I saw her after her spinal surgery as well and she had a sister and she's so lovely and she used to do um, a lot of is it like I don't know how you say it, patient dis disabled modelling and stuff she used to like dress up every day that was her thing and oh, she nice. used to be in dress. she was so cute um, but her funeral is like in March I've never actually been to a funeral so yeah. Um, but she wants everyone to dress colourful because she used to love dressing up. Um, yeah. But yeah, I was yeah, like, that, I'm going to be a bit difficult to go, but yeah. it's like Santa, she'd want you to go. And mm. if you don't go, you'll, you'll regret it. So, yeah, and, and yeah, it's sort of a celebration as well. So, yeah, at exactly. the end of the day, like, I, I love the way they celebrate. Like funerals in St. Lucia and like Caribbean countries because it's more like a celebration of the of the life really. Yeah, exactly. That, that's what that George Ezra's Green Green Grass song's on about. Yeah, a mm. funeral procession in St. Lucia, so. Because that's true actually. Sorry. I'm, sorry, I was going to say that the first three letters of funeral yeah. is F-U-N. And that's the way I'd like it to be is fun. Mm. I think that's that's a nice way to think of it, I think. That's true. And my sister said as well, like she lived an amazing life, she did everything that she wanted to do, you know what I mean? She had fun, she was living the dream. So Oh yeah, I think they, they sort of lived they, they didn't mind what like the short time there was here. Than yeah. any any normal person would have done in one lifetime. So, mm, true. Even though I was, like, Jesus, my best mate for was like seven years. In them seven years, we did so much that you wouldn't mm -hmm. normally do. So, you gotta be grateful for that. The memories. And that's yeah. I think it, it's hard to talk and, and it's. It's okay to cry, but it's okay to also be happy. Mm-hmm. You, you've got all these good, great memories that you've that you've got. Uh, you you mentioned your friend and stuff, and, and seeing how she lived life, that's the way. You've got to live on for them, though, I think. That's what you really yeah. got to do. Leave their, like, carry on their legacy for them while they're not here to... Oh yeah, because the more you talk about the the, the people you've lost, mm -hmm. it keeps the memory alive, and yeah, that's what that's the whole point of it. Because otherwise, if you stop talking, then they start to just disappeared. Yeah, 
when there's mm-hmm. such a big part of your life. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, I think the, the only thing, the advice I've got to give is you just got to learn to smile again. Mm. I mean, that's, I mean, it does take a while, everyone's different. Nice, I'm still, I still find it difficult on different days. On different anniversaries of like the first things. It's like you gotta get through the first thing of maybe like the first music concert without a bar, first movie without whatever it is. Maybe that's, you just gotta get through that bit. But yeah, is there anything else you wanna speak about on that or? Um I think I'm okay. Um, That's all right. Yeah, well, we got um, we we've got two songs about what we've just been speaking about, actually. So we'll start with them, and then we we've got some about our health, set, like our health and setbacks, and how we get through them and stuff. So yeah, we, we got it was two of your songs to start with, wasn't that you chose? Mm-hmm. So, so, oh, do you want me to say which song oh, it is? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, the first song is um, Dean Lewis Memories. Um, I'm not really going to say any more about it. You just need to listen to it, and feel it. Yeah. It's beautiful. Will it resonate? Um, yeah, with this topic as well. Um, and the second song is May and June, if you ever forget which I really like because it's a really positive one and it's just reminding you of like how strong you are and like how much stuff you've been through, like you can do it. And it's kind of nice in contrast with the first song. Yeah, that's good. So we'll get these two lovely songs in and we've got a few more talking points after that. So yeah, enjoy these memories and if you ever forget. For all the memories 
And then I didn't go to a &E for three weeks, and then my, my PA Kirsty had just come back from, uh, um, from being away for a bit, and <laughs> on the first day back, I had to go to a &E with it, because I went to the physio and they went, your hip isn't moving with your thigh, so. Well. The theme and the hip weren't moving to give one piece, so. And yeah. I was like, what, what have you done to him on his first day? <laughs> I remember in um, my leg as well, my money, um, I think it was about um, like two years, so I think it might be two years ago or something like that. And I, I felt that one. It was crazy. Um, but it took me like six to eight weeks to recover. And even till this day, it still hurts from that injury, if that makes sense. It's not obviously as painful, but it, the pain is still there sometimes, which is crazy, even though it was like how far ago. Um, yeah. That injury challenged me a lot in terms of like not being able to move in the same way for a little while, being apprehensive of doing any movements if I was going to hurt myself again. That I was so scared because normally I like transfer myself, but I had to use the hoist for a while. And then after about six to eight weeks, I was so scared for anyone to like lift me yeah. like manually. Or I was paranoid about every transfer. I was like overthinking, even in the hoist. Um, yeah, but now but I'm fine. I think the... We're well, I suppose with um, people with conditions like us, I think no, they don't really, they won't really do much with it. They'll just give you conservative management. Yeah, and, basically. And then I was, yeah, I was exactly the same thinking. Every time I moved my leg and it clicked, I thought I broke it again, but. Yeah, you get paranoid the next time, like, oh my gosh, is the same thing happening again? Like, I'd be scared for my carers to do exercises yeah. with me now. But I'm, well, I'm still the same. Whenever I move my leg, I get my hands are dead sweating because I'm like dead panicky about it. Yeah, that's what I do. I get like, I still get panicky of trusting people to move, like, exercise me or move my body after that injury. But the more you do it and the more you trust the person, hopefully it should get easier. But I still get paranoid. Yeah, I think I think we anyone would really. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I think the that, the scariest one that I've had is yeah when I punctured my lung. So that was yeah. that was a bit worrying. Like it, I, I put my night ventilator on and it just I thought I'd pop and then yeah, there's a little hole at the top. And uh, I, had, I was in hospital for a week, but that was quite a scary one. Although that actually was quite painful after you breathed in, but... Mm. but what did they do to sort that out, like? Luckily, it just heals itself. Oh, OK. I think they were, because I was on a ventilator at night, they was worried that the, the pressure is what okay. did the damage, but it was just... It, it's like even a thing with it's not even just a thing in my condition it's with like any males my age it's a, a common defect 
even in <laughs> able-bodied males as well, so... Yeah, he's just a freak. Freak. I care it, really, I think. <laughs> and then he was, like, doing x-rays each day on it. And each day it was getting smaller and smaller. Okay. And then it eventually healed, but... Yeah. That's good. But, but again, like, the, the, the recovery goes on to the next talking point later. Which I, about the A and E thing, so we'll, we'll leave that till then. And then, yeah, the the, the next talking bit was uh, coping strategies of setbacks, and I think what mm -hmm. one of mine is just no, I've got, I've got a habit of just playing things down and not making it making it sound that as bad. Well, that's that sometimes it like breaking my leg. Because I played it down so much, I just, it, it probably did, could have damaged it more. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes a panic makes the situation worse, though. Yes, yeah, so I think you just got to try and keep calm, haven't you? Yeah, because I notice every time that. Um, I feel pain or if something happens as soon as I panic that makes the pain like 10 times worse and that's why I end up in hospital because I've not been able to control the panic if that makes sense but now yeah. I've learned how to um, control my panic like so when the pain comes I like kind of talk to myself like it's okay we know what to do we've had this situation before there's a list of things we can do right now stay calm so you don't end up in hospital like you know what I mean yeah, That's what I've learned, how to stay calm and, and do it like that. I just sing the, um, the three little birds by Bob Barrow. That's what I sing in my head. <laughs> goes, okay. Everything's going to be all right. That's what I just keep saying over and over. Oh, yeah, that's really it, nice. I think it's because it takes your mind. You, you're thinking of singing. And you're not mm -hmm. thinking of the pain there, which I think sort of helps. That's true. And the breathing exercises, I think, help as well. Same. We both love them. Yeah, I think that's good. Not, not just for pain as well, that's... That way it's the stressful situations as well. Mm -hmm. I think it, it's uh, quite a good way of doing it. And then... And another thing I found for pain is the holistics. I take a lot of... I've got that many vitamins on. I take about six a day, but the, the one I've found this often at the minute is uh, uh, magnesium. Magnesium's great. Oh, and glucosamine yeah. was the other one. Because that helps your, your muscle fatigue and stuff. Yeah, magnesium, zinc. I have them too. What was the other ones you have? Oh, glucosamine and... Um, what was the other one? Turmeric. Yes, turmeric is great. You said six, though. Magnesium, zinc, glucose, turmeric. What's the other one? Oh, what's the other one? Vitamin D, calcium. Vitamin D, okay. Well, I've got one with all of it. I've got... There's a one tablet I take now, which... is calcium, vitamin D, <laughs> magnesium and zinc, so... That's great. It's easier to take that rather than taking loads of different tablets. I've kind of stopped taking my magnesium and zinc for a little while. 
I've stopped the supplements, but I need to get back on them. But yeah, magnesium does. And then the, oh, the glucose meal is one that's is really good for uh, muscle ache and bone fatigue. And mm -hmm. Bone repair and muscle fatigue, it helps with, so. And just to add on to that, so when I normally take them, I take vitamin D and K2 together, which is meant to be really good for your bones. Because um, the K2, I, I don't know, I, there's some science behind it, but if you have just vitamin D by itself, it's not as effective, but if you merge it with K2, yeah. it works really well. Um, so vitamin D. Um, yeah, vitamin D and K2, yeah. Together. And then zinc, magnesium. I have the turmeric one as well. Um, and then I've got this one called Jinko, which is meant to be like for your brain and cognition. Yeah. And I'm just trying to think what other ones are. I think that's it. Yeah, I think uh, taking magnesium and zinc because zinc helps your body absorb vitamin D. Okay. And you need vitamin D to absorb calcium. I love so that. If, how you much take, if you take it all, it, it helps you absorb it all, which is interesting. Yeah, I like the science behind it. I'm a bit like geeky. I always research it all. Yeah, I know, I'm, I'm probably, I've probably spent too much in Holland and Barrett, but Same. I should be getting commissioned, really. <laughs> Holland and Barrett sponsor Mark and Santa for um, shouting out their holistic products and vitamins. Oh, actually, I got a new one, you know, the other day. It's called Red Krill Oil. Someone told me to get it. I don't know if you've heard of it, but apparently... So you take this one in the middle of the day with your middle meal. I don't know if you've heard of it. I haven't started it yet, though. Yeah, is that like, like Omega-3 and stuff? I think so. Yeah, it sounds like a fish, doesn't it? So it must be. Yeah, I hope it doesn't taste like fish. Because, um, or cod liver oil, that's the worst one. I haven't had that. It's a red cream. You, you swallow it and then it... It explodes in your throat and then it just tastes like fish. I could not And I start heathing, it's minging, but no, no pain, no gain, right? So. Well, also, as we're on holistic like remedies and topics, um, there's this really good smoothie that I have. Um, I don't have it every day now, but I used to have it every day. But it's... Um, Blueberry juice, like wild blueberry juice, two bananas, um, spinach, coriander, um, two oranges freshly pressed, and some two powders. I love powders. I'm obsessed with powders. So spirulina powder and barley grass juice powder. So it's a heavy metal detox smoothie. So if I'm feeling a bit, you know, I take that. And it's great. It's really great. Yeah, well, oh, I, yeah. I, I love juices. You do. Like, you need to try it, this. Oh, my gosh, you need to try this one. Yeah, I need to try that. Well, I've been, I've been like, juicing on and off for about, yeah, about eight years. Cause I, I, I used to be, like, 16 stone. Well, well yeah, okay. 16 stone I was at some, one point. And, and now around 11, which is probably about right for my BMI, so. Okay. 
I need to send you my juice recipes then because I've got like a juicer and a smoothie maker and a soup maker and I'm obsessed with them all. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I'll, we'll have to swap recipes. I didn't know that you like juices and smoothies. Oh my gosh. But you know what? Also, so I go through phases where I'm obsessed with like different things. And right now my obsession is pancakes. Since pancake day, I've made <laughs> a pan every single day. Yeah, but not a normal I put like I got egg oat milk I put like one big spoon of chocolate protein powder yeah. which is great and then I put um, oat flour and I think that's it oh, I don't think I'm missing anything else from okay. yeah that sounds good though that. yeah I thought get the protein in because I'm trying to put on weight I need to put on weight yeah yeah Although it can be quite difficult, can it? But I think, I think my, I think James used to put, uh, oh, what was it? He used to put this like milk powder in it, is in his tea, as like drinks of tea. Mm -hmm. And that really helped as well, I think, because it's quite. His link is like six hundred calories in a few scoops. Okay, that's great. That's another good option. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying yeah. to up the calories. Yeah, but my, my favourite juice uh, is actually, it's got a blood build, it's got avocado and beetroot in it. Oh, That's a really good one. It's quite, it's quite filling as well. I don't know if I'd like that one because I'm not, I don't like the beetroot, you know. Yeah, I think, but... you, I think you'd be surprised because like, I wouldn't eat You'd never see me eating an avocado or a beetroot, but I'll drink it in a juice, which is quite strange, isn't it? But yeah, okay, I need to try this one. Avocado and beetroot together. Yeah, you know well, what my favourite I'll send you the recipe, actually. Pine freshly pressed pineapple juice. Happy days. Yeah, we can't beat that, can you? Fresh juice. I love freshly pressed pineapple juice. Sometimes with apple and spinach is good. You know, one time I had this juice smoothie, the same recipe for six months in a row. I never changed it every day. It was spinach, apple, kiwi, lime with orange juice. Every day I was obsessed. Either as a smoothie, it was a smoothie actually. Um, I kind of am a bit weird. Like I get addicted to one thing and I'll just... Have it loads until I'm sick of it. Yeah, that's exactly the same. Really? My, my thing at the minute is overnight oats. I can't, I'm eating them every day at the minute. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was a bit off it last week, but I'm back on it this week. Okay. Did you say oats? Overnight oats, yeah. With I haven't made overnight oats. I just made, like, the ones on the stove, but I'm, I'm obsessed with oats as well. Yeah, there's so, there's so many health benefits to them as well. Yeah. And I feel like I've got more energy when I'm on the oats. Yeah, same as well. I feel like I have more energy when I have oats too. And a slow release of energy as well. I kind of like have oats and then I put like cacao powder in there and dark chocolate. I like chocolate oats. Yeah, I find that, well, obviously, yeah, I think we're... Yeah, you know, trying to put on weight and I'm trying to lose weight, so I'll end up being in the middle. Yeah. Sometimes. But uh, losing weight, I found having 
the oats for breakfast and then uh, a soup and some bread. Mm. Louis T has actually helped, really helped me since December. Because over December I, dr I drank a lot too much and I ate too much so I needed to lose a bit of weight and that's really helped. Mm -hmm. And another benefit to eating healthy is the your skin. Like, it helps your skin. Like my skin used to be really quite spotty. Oh. And since yeah. I've been on the health kick, it's been a lot better. So it's good for my skin and my energy levels. Yeah, for sure. Which is very good. Yeah, so um, that's... I think we've touched on after that bit, that bit of the talking points. Mm -hmm. And I've got uh, a couple more songs. And then we we back, we talk about a bit of A and E and some positive experiences. Because we got our way. We've had some negative, but we've also had some positive moments. Mm -hmm. I think the next two I've got there's one for me I've chosen which is. An uh, artist called Ren with a song called Uninvited. And uh, the, the song doesn't sound very, like, uplifting, but the actual lyrics are. And then the other one is your choice, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, it's um, Dermot Kennedy Lucky. Oh, I love Dermot Kennedy. He's my favourite artist. Um, he just released this one recently, that's why I chose it. And I really like the lyric. I can't remember exactly, but it says something about. I'm lucky to have you in my life and stuff. Sorry. It's like saying that he's lucky to have someone in his life, or. Yeah, yeah. He's lucky. He's like grateful of what he's got, basically, in it. Yeah, you summarised it well. I couldn't explain it well, but I I love it. I like the vibe of it, and I I love Dermot Kennedy, his music, people. Yeah, Ren's a really good artist. There's, a, there's one song that, that I played before, and it's like he, he's singing. I think he's yeah, he's off the some schizophrenia, but you know, one of the songs he's like singing to his alter ego. It's a bit, it's weird, but it's very moving. I'll have to send you a link to that, but it's he's a good sure. artist, and uh, he's he's. Like a lot of his songs are about mental health, so and the uplifting side of it as well, which is good. Mm -hmm. This is a good song, but we'll we'll get these two on and then we'll come back with some more, some more chat. So yeah, enjoy. Uninvited by Red, followed by Lucky. Now, Dermot Kennedy. Came in uninvited, two planets collided I don't really like it, being on my own Take that how you like it, I don't really mind If you're still undecided, please just know All I wanna do is get inside Of the moment when it's right And have a moment with no ties and then go Shake my fries Make my order supersize and multiply and then divide and get low It's a simple situation with an obvious equation You and me collaborating for the night Leave no room for hesitation or for awkward conversation 
vacation Just enjoy the syncopation when it's right You came in uninvited Two planets colliding I don't really like it Being on my own Take that how you like it I don't really mind if you're still undecided Please just know All I wanna do is get inside Love a moment when it's right And have a moment with no ties and then go Shake my fries Make my order supersize And multiply and then divide and get low Get it, get it, get it, get it Read my mind Let's exist between the lines Shooting past the stopping signs Moving past the stars align And when you get some time, could you give some time? Back to mine with a glass of wine And if I get in front, would you get behind? Could you do that thing I like? It's a simple calculation With an easy formulation You and me fornificating for the night Let me make my presentation In person on procreation Let's forget all obligations Life is dark Then make sure that she knows this She is loved, she is loved, she is loved She is loved, she is loved, she is loved At least I can always say That I told her how the only thing I know Is how to hold her long as I can feel her head on my shoulder well I never feel the nights getting colder I can't relate to having a heart like that all your wonder and your trust intact I'll put the phone down and you call right back put all my pieces back if I deserve it or not let me tell you how the sun rose how my heart dipped how her eyes are all full up love can leave you down a dirt road with a burst lip and your pride all cut up let me tell you that it's worth it so protect it I know it hurt you so much And you know that I respect it You were tested And I saw how you stood up If you're so lucky That she lets you know her heart Be careful how you hold it If you're so worried That the afterlife is dark Then make sure that she knows this she is loved, she is loved, she is loved 
Great songs there. I really like those two songs. They are very, very uplifting, which is what we want to try and do. Mm -hmm. We're here to try and lift it, lift off one up, aren't we? So, yeah. So that's our mission, I think. Uplift people with our spirit. Yeah, it's the a real deep chat mission. Uh, the 
Not kind of what I've seen. It's okay. Mission strategy, that's the word I was looking for. Yeah, no, it, the, the next talking point was our experiences of A&E. So one of it is frustration at doctors and health professionals not listening to us because you sometimes presume that we, we don't know what's going on around us. And, yeah, yeah, they presume that we're just bed-bound like in real life and we don't do anything. I think that's what I've had sometimes. Like They just automatically assume that you don't do anything with your life, you're bed-bound and you just you're ill. But actually, we are living a life outside of being in hospital and we do have a voice. That's what I have found. Some people have been really lovely, but some of them have just put the stereotype straight when they see you. Like, oh, yeah, she's just in bed. She's in a world. She can't move. She can't do anything. Yeah. yeah. Nothing, well, it has a lot of the time. It is, it is usually in A&E. It's my, my worst nightmare is going into A&E, really, because you start waiting for a bed for 15 hours, and then and then um, they'll start asking my mum or me, me PAs you, like, what medication do we have and what, what pain management do I have and stuff and all that and it's like well I don't know you can ask him he's got a voice so. and I think mm. you just presume that we can't rather than actually speaking to us I think we, with anyone you speak to us for five minutes and you realise that we're all we are fully aware of stuff and we're probably more qualified than a lot of people that we talk to. Mm -hmm. Not not like being big headed about it, but like they presume that they, that we don't. Yeah, and I think I, I had most recently actually I had a I me mean, I rang the GP up to get some compression socks. Mm -hmm. And he's like we do also doing a review of my heart meds. And then he was asking, so how's your mobility? So I was like, well, I'm in a wheelchair. He went, oh, yeah, I'm just reading your notes now. And like, surely you'd read it first before you'd start presuming. Uh, not, just probably not being fully informed, are they? Mm. Which is... Which is a bit daft, but... Yeah, I think... No, my bad experience of A&E was, I, I went to, when I was, when I was speaking about the punctured lung earlier, uh, I went into mm. Withenshaw A&E, and, uh, which is quite near me, and they the said, uh, the said that I wouldn't be able to use my ventilator overnight. And I was like, well, I, I can't survive without it. And then the next... Then so I, I, I used it anyway, and then the next day they discharged me. So I rang my, con so I rang my oh, consultant. Why, Sorry. You can't yeah. use it. why did they say that you can't use a ventilator overnight, though? Because it, it my lung was punctured. They were scared that the pressure of the ventilator would burst it more. Okay, I got you. But the, so I, they discharged me the next day, so I rang my consultant. My respiratory doctor, and he, he was like, they've dis they can't discharge you. So he, I went to, in the A&E he was at, which was 
Newcastle, the, the Royal Stoke Hospital, and uh, they kept me in that week because they were worried that if I went in hospital then, if my lung did collapse, it is quite life-threatening, so they, they, they actually told me to go back in and stay there. Mm -hmm. And then on my leg, I broke my leg, and the, the next day they was they just discharged me. They even put me in outpatients. So I had to arrange all that myself. Yeah. And, and eventually they discovered that I've got osteoporosis. So it's like they should have actually looked into that, and that's that's sort of my frustration at the A&E doctors, I think. And there is there is other, other frustration that I could speak about, but it's, I'd rather, it's a bit of an awkward one, so I'd rather my experiences, because I I I've got more experience than what I've been through. Mm -hmm. what, have you got any experiences of A&E? To be honest, the most times that I've been in hospital, the ambulances came to my house and taken me. So I haven't, only a few times I've had to actually wait in A&E. But most times I had to go to A&E, they tried to send me home when I actually needed to be admitted, if that makes sense. So I had to kind of like fight and be yeah. like, no, I need to stay here. I need like help. You can't just send me back home, you know, that type of thing. Um, and also... Yeah, I think that's it really in terms of A&E. And also what I find with A&E is that they don't have the equipment that I need. No, yeah, they don't have the hoist. hoists. So I've got, I've got to get... So the ambulance will take me in and I'll have to get my mum and my dad to bring the portable hoist mm. with a sling. And I think it's only just recently that they started, started having hoists in the department. Yeah, because I remember in some departments they don't have it, but one of the times I went, they had a voice, and so they actually sat me up in the day, which was good. But sometimes they just leave me in my bed. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah. I think there should be more. There should be more. I don't know what the word is. If a disabled person comes into A and E, they should be more prepared and say, "This is what we've got. This is what we don't have," etc., etc. Because it's a bit stupid. Yeah, and then they spend money on put, yeah, portable x-ray machines rather than... Like, if you're on a bed, they can wheel you to the x-ray department, can't they, so? Yeah. It's a bit of a, uh, a daft expense, but... Yeah, but the, the, uh, the bad thing about when I broke my leg, they, they'd done the x-ray and then... Yeah, I think it was a registrar, they said, Oh, you're going to have to stay in bed for 10 weeks because the, the break's right next to your artery. And so I was then dead worried because I've been, like, moving about for three weeks. And, uh, yeah, then the next day the consultant comes in and he went, yeah, it's, it's, it's only a surface fracture. It's nowhere near the artery. So you can go home. It's like, so you just had me worried all night. They do make you worry. They, they make like stupid comments and then they come back and tell you it's not actually that. 
or it's not that serious, which puts you in a scare state sometimes, you know what I mean? Because you're like, what's the actual truth? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, it, it was actually not even on me, underneath my leg. Mm. So it's like, I was thinking, oh, what are we going to do for 10 weeks? There's no way, I'd, I'd rather, we'll end up with pressure sores, would not I? Mm. <laughs> Thank goodness it weren't that bad. Mm. Well, and since then, after me speaking to my neuroscopy consultant, yeah, they've, they've put me on a bone infusion once a year to... I don't know what it's called, it's some sort of acid that they in, put into IV. To strengthen my bones and me, yeah, feel a lot more strong now. So that's one good, that's one good bonus from finding that out. Mm -hmm. And then the the other the other thing is like I've got a care plan which I've filled in with my consultant and the other doctors. And then that says what what needs to be done in certain situations. Like who they need to contact, who they need to and do you give it to the NE doctors and then they're just like, Oh we won't need that, I don't even look at it. So then I've got a ring I've got a ring my consultants up to tell them that I'm in A and E so they can get the ball rolling. Whereas really I should we shouldn't have to do that. But mm. I suppose once they don't look at it and the next time you go in you know you've got to do it. Mm. So then you get it done, don't you, rather than just waiting for it not to happen. And I think another thing which even my consultant says is that I am a patient expert, so what what I know about my condition and what the meds I'm on is, is more than most A and E doctors would know. And I think that's the they need to start realising that, don't they, I think. Mm -hmm. And there is but with my experience of a and &E, I think I've got some different uh, care plans, like which I'll speak about in a bit, which are really good to make sure that we get what we want. Mm -hmm. I think that's the... Uh, anyone who, like, who has a disability, I think, it's good to have these things in place while you're... Why are you fully compassmentous, I think? Why are you mm -hmm. fully aware that it's good to have these things in place? But like, I think with everything, bad experiences teach you things. And it teaches you to be more wary and make sure that you do bring people get things in place while you're, when you're there. I mean, you, you learn through the bad things, don't you? Mm-hmm. I think these sort of things would be good to, for yourself as well. Yeah, I'd actually... Um, obviously, I have my care plan for my carers, but I don't have a plan for, like, an emergency situation, if that makes sense, or if I'm in hospital, which would probably be good to do for the future, because if, if it happens or when it happens again... Um, that there is some kind of structure and plan there. 
because sometimes it's true you can be so exhausted and tired and it's hard to explain all of it again and again and again yeah i think it, i think that's a good idea it, it, it works for like people who have just been diagnosed with cancer as well i think because mm -hmm. obviously at the start that when before you start your treatment you're obviously fully aware of everything but down the line when you're less you're less able to say what you need it, it's good to have these things it's yeah, good for people to know about these things um i was just speaking to my consultant like a week or two ago went into hospital they asked me a difficult question but i never answered it right then but they were like um like if you i don't know what it's called oh, i can't remember off the top of my head I think it's like if your lungs stop working or something like that. Do you want? Do you know that machine that you use? Is it called resuscitation? That electric thing. Do you want us to use it or not? I was like, that's uh, a bit of a deep question. Yeah. Asking right now. Oh, like, um, re no, like you can resuscitation? You mean? Yeah, that word. Um, they're like, um, we need to have a conversation. If you need to be resuscitated, do you want to be or do you not want to be? Yeah. Well, and they're like, you can think. Yeah, let us know next time. Yeah, I think, well, at the minute, mine is, yeah, full resource because I've actually got, I've got a good life to come back to, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. I think if you stop valuing it, then that's the right time, I think, so. Because I think that online, it's resuscitation and my defibrillator, I still need it turned on. Mm -hmm. If you don't know, I've got a pacemaker as well, so. Mm -hmm. With a defib in, and it, when the time comes, you can have it turned off, but. Obviously, mm -hmm. the, the amount of things I get up to, and. Uh, and uh, a lot of things that people rely on me for, so. Mm -hmm. I'm like, fully, really, yeah, I definitely want to come back. Yeah, I know it's getting a bit, a bit deep and morbid, but it, it is a val. I think it's a valuable thing to speak about. Yeah, and I think I, I think for us in this country, it's a bit of a taboo subject. Mm -hmm. Is speaking about death, what we'd like to happen and stuff, or what we'd like to happen to to bring us back. I think is is a good conversation to have. Yeah, like, we don't know when it's going to happen, so we have to make these plans and be prepared for, you know, worst-case scenarios, even though it's difficult to talk about, you know, these things. Um, but obviously, when you're first having these conversations with professionals about, you know, how you want to prepare for after and stuff... Yeah, you're it, like, oh, that's blimey. It is yeah. difficult, but it's important that we do do these things so then stuff is in the right place how we want it to be. Yeah, I think when they first mentioned the w different words, like resuscitation and stuff, it's like, whoa, calm down a minute. Yeah, I'm that's not, what I'm not going anywhere yet, but I think, I, it's, I think it's sort of a shock at the start, but it's to prepare you. Yeah, yeah, I was a bit shocked. So I, um, it did make me a bit emotional, so I couldn't answer in that moment, but they're like, we're just putting it there and we'll speak about well, it I think to it, you next time. It's good to float the question and. Just for yeah. you to think about, not answer it straight away. Yeah, I think so, because it would 
be a bit of pressure to answer it right in that moment. Well, yeah, you, you, you got to have a fully informed decision. Mm. You know, I think when I found out that they, they wanted me to have a pacemaker, that was, that was a bit of a take a step back moment because I was, I was like, I didn't think it was that bad, but it, it's more future-proof. Mm. Like, with, like with the peg, they keep mentioning that to me, but at the minute. Do you have it or do you not have it? Not yet. No, no, at the minute, my my appetite is really good, so. Yeah, I, I don't want it. But they did speak about that to me as well last time. They're like, we need to get your weight up and keep on it. I was like, I know, I'm trying hard. <laughs> yeah, I think it's good to try the holistic stuff first. Same. Try all the different different things out first. Before you take the plunge and get something serious. Mm, I agree. Well, that's it with Efted. It's good to get a fully formed picture in your head. Mm -hmm. like, be fully informed about whatever procedures you're having done. Yeah, and then for sure. you can make an educated decision on it. Which mm. is similar to when I had my spinal surgery, really, I took. Which is obviously a bit different because when I had it done, I was still a, a child. So it's more like your parents make the decision and the, the final decision. So it's a bit different, but when you're old and you're, you're an adult making decisions. Mm -hmm. Not even just for disabled people, that goes for everyone. And it's good to get a fully involved idea of what you're doing, isn't it? Yeah, fully know the pros and cons, how it will affect you, etc. That's why I think it's it's good going into appointments with carers because obviously some of it it, it goes in one ear and out the other because it's like uh, information. I know you're not going to record it but I kind of like I shouldn't say that actually don't put that in there but <laughs> you can cut that out but I do record the calls on my phone no that's fine it's so you can listen to it back and see what they said in it hard to process it all whereas if you take a, a chaperone in with you mm. then now they, you got two sets of ears hearing what they told you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, that's yeah, that's that. And then, and then the positive experiences of Danny, which I basically touched on with finding out that I've got osteoporosis and there's like medication for that. It is is probably the positive and. Like, how different hospitals treat you, I think. You know, Royal Stoke, they really looked after me good. And that, that made, that probably repaid my faith in A&E, really, I think. Like, I lost all the faith in, in Withenshaw. And then they, they topped it back up, so I think... I think when you've got people who actually care and look after you, it matters, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Even in A&E and in your everyday life as well. Like yeah. Having a good support care system, like good carers that you vibe with. And yeah, that and, and all the different consultants with the different oh, yeah. Like yeah. cardio and 
respiratory and neuromuscular. <laughs> I feel I've got a good team, which is good. Mm -hmm. And the uh, neuromuscular nurse is always at the end of the phone, which always helps, knowing that there's someone there. I think that the biggest thing is knowing people are there, isn't it, really? Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to struggle on your own. Yeah, so uh, then we got we got a couple more songs here, and then we got the two the the car plan thing and power of attorney. Which I think is good to know about, which is up next. But so the, ne the next two are my my two choices. So I've got Redemption Song by Bob Marley. Mm -hmm. I think this is a a really good song. I don't I think it's. I suppose it's like what I basically said about re get repaying my faith in. You know, it's like redemption, I'm getting redemption for whatever. Um, and then and then the other one was Elenium and Teddy Swims with All That Really Matters, which is a really good song. And uh, it's quite like The Weeknd. Uh, I like the music and... Again, the lyrics are quite positive, so well, I'll get these two tracks on and then we'll, we've got some more, yeah, more talking points and more positive at the end, so yeah, enjoy Bob Barley followed by Teddy Swims. Just a part of it We've got to fulfill the book Won't you help to sing These songs of freedom Cause all I ever have Redemption songs Redemption songs Redemption songs 
emancipate yourselves from mental slavery None but ourselves can free our mind Oh, have no fear for atomic energy Cause none of them can stop at the time How long shall they kill our prophets While we stand aside and look Yes, some say it's just a part of it We've got to fulfill the book Won't you hate to sing These songs of freedom This all I ever had Redemption songs All I ever had Redemption songs These songs of freedom Songs of freedom Something you can hold on to Find someone who'll be there for you Cause that's all that really matters in the end Find somewhere you can come home to Find someone that'll die for you Cause that's all that really matters in the end It's love, love, Someone who'll be there for you 
Cause it's all that really matters in the end Find somewhere you can come home to Find someone that'll die for you Cause it's all that really matters in the end It's love, 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 love. Cause it's all that really matters in the end It's love Two more good uh, songs out to be one of the last two songs of uh, this talk, talk show today. And yeah, two really nice, uh, positive, affirming songs, which is uh, what we want really. Not we don't want negativity, do we? Mm-hmm. No, the positive vibes. And uh, yeah, so the, the next two things I wanted to speak about was. Yeah, I think called a respect form, which does the recommended summary plan for emergency care and treatment, which is a uh, nationally rec- recognised document in hospitals, uh, which is across the UK. Mm-hmm. And by law, health professionals have to follow it to the letter. So a lot of it touches on like we said about resuscitation and like what what hospital you'd like to go to. So mine says about the eight, the ambulance drivers taking me to the Royal Stoke Hospital and where my consultants are. And by law, they've actually got to listen to what my wishes. And if you give them this thought, they can't just go. Oh, we don't need to see that. We, we don't need that. Yeah, I've actually got to pay attention to it, which is good Good to know. Mm-hmm. And um, I think if you, anyone asks the, the doctors about this, they'll know about this form. I think it's, it, it's good for people with disabilities and people with this uh, diagnosis about, about different different diagnosis and stuff. And I think this is uh, a good... So it sort of puts your mind at ease knowing that you've got this in place. And uh, one of my thing is saying that uh, I'm not... I'm not going to die of sepsis. That's the one thing that I'm like, striving not to go with because a lot, of, a lot of people and friends that I've lost I've had sepsis and okay. I've not seen it early enough. So one of it is to no matter what I'm going A and E with, they, they test me for sepsis. <laughs> Automatically that's that's one of the things that my wish is. 
Oh, that's my, that's my worry. There's like, there's probably, uh, I can count on one hand, five friends that have had sepsis. Well. Oh, they believed they had sepsis. And then after they've gone, they found out it wasn't sepsis. Mm -hmm. So it's sort of like, I've, it, I worry about it and having this farm in place. Mm -hmm. Knowing that you've got to respect my wishes, they puts my mind at rest. Mm -hmm. So if anyone's interested, we'll give you the information about it and stuff. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, I'm sure the uh, doctors would have heard of this farm by now. Mm -hmm. And then I've also, I've also got digital copies on my phone and I've got one in my bag and then each PA's got a copy of it on their phone. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, so that's uh, not one good good thing about having that emergency care plan. And then the, the other thing was uh, I've been researching into getting a power of attorney. Uh, so, a power of attorney is like where they, they make the final decision. But basically, when you see on TV and they're, they're on a life support machine, and the family decides to turn it on or off, like, your next of kin doesn't have any right to, to say whether it's off or on. The doctors, but I know it's a bit of a, a sad uh, example, but, but with a power of attorney, by law, they've got to do what they say. Okay, so could that be like one of your family members, basically? Yes, yeah, so the, I, when I was reading, it said that it is good to have like probably family, but not dead close. Not someone who has your mm -hmm. best interest, but usually not like a family friend or a friend or whatever. Would be good because they've obviously got your best interests. Uh, uh, but when I was looking at it, it said what, to have one is good, two is quite bad, and then three is better because um, if you have two, it's bad because when it when it comes to an emergency, then you aren't actually in a position to make decisions re regarding your health. And if you only have two power of attorneys, then they can argue about whether or not to operate or whatever the situation is. <laughs> Whereas if you have three power of attorneys, then there's always going to be a deciding vote on which favours your health. Now, what I was thinking is, and I've probably my mum, and then two of my PAs, as my power of attorneys. And I've got I've got one friend who used to be a PA who is a social worker as well. So mm -hmm. like, it would be good to have her there as well. So yeah, I think it, it, this this goes to anyone because also with power of attorney you can have it for your your money and you can have it for your health. But I I don't really. I don't really need anything for my money because I'm not I'm not like a big A-list celebrity yet. 
<laughs> but my health is it. I think it's good to have that in place. Mm -hmm. then, How do you get that form like done? Because I don't have that form done. Yeah, well, the priority. I think if you go on the .gov website, mm -hmm. it does tell to do it. I think it's like thirty quid per attorney. Okay. Just to get just to like get the form done. So really, it's like if you're gonna have three. It's gonna be ninety quid to get it sorted. Mm -hmm. But but then. What, what you've got the respect for which respects my wishes. So then mm -hmm. you've got and then when you can't make the right decisions because you're not say you're like in a coma or whatever, I think. Then there you've got people on your side making mm -hmm. sure you get the right treatment. And then it's not gonna be dance because I think it's a misconception that your next of kin can make big decisions when actually your next of kin don't have any rights at all. Mm -hmm. Which is uh, quite worrying, but yeah, I think it's just um, they, they word things differently these days, don't they? Mm. So it, sounds, so, it sounds more American, doesn't it, power of attorney? So is there like two forms? So there's power of attorney and then there's a respect form. Yeah, so the, res the respect one is what you'd usually fill in with like your health care professionals. Mm -hmm. Okay, I got you. Which is a free form to do and then the, the other one, you have to pay a bit to get it sorted out. So mm -hmm. once you've sort, once you get it, you've got it, and, and then it's in place. Mm -hmm. Not that I'm, I'm planning on going anywhere yet, but it's good to have it in place. And no, think, we're not going anywhere because we're like doing holistic shit. And no, we're, yeah, we've got we've got a job to do. Yeah, we've got a mission to carry out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. And, uh, if anyone wants any more information, then you know, I'll, I'll let you know. Just give me a message and you can sort that out. And yeah, but it is a bit, it's, it's sort of sad and morbid, but like I said before, it's quite good. It is, it's a good thing to talk about, I think. It needs to be Definitely. less of a taboo subject. Mm -hmm. That's a British people fire, I think. It's just in, mm -hmm. a, in British nature to yeah. be a bit squeamish, but yeah. And then the the, the the next two points were a couple of yours actually. So I thought like you mm -hmm. you take the reins on these last two. Okay, let me just open my notes. How to respect a person with a disability? Um, so, do you want to say what comes up for you first? Yeah, well, I think I think respecting that these people with disabilities is just like just like me. Listen, listen to people like not 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 presume 
you got to be open-minded to that to speak to us. But on a level, and, I think. Um, also, respecting person, person with a disability, I feel like... Um, so, your disability and you are, like, part of the same thing, you know what I mean? So, if someone disrespects your disability, they're essentially disrespecting you as well, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, I think, essentially, being... I can't get my words out of the day. Mm. <laughs> I can't explain it. Mm. I think you get what I was trying to say, though. Yeah, I think I think so. It's just, yeah, I think that's that's good. Okay. Yeah. Articulate so, it. You can put that, put that bit out. <laughs> yeah, I think that's uh, really positive. Um. as well just being careful of like um the words that you say to people because it can be really hurtful i've been disrespected for about my disability before and it hurt quite a lot um but i think the disrespect actually pushes me forward to do what i do now and pushes me stronger um but yeah The negativity fuels me. I'm not gonna lie, like the stupid shit that people say fuels me to actually want to do better. I remember someone commented once, like, "Why don't you just get out of your chair and walk?" <laughs> On one of my content, I think that was one of my TikTok videos. I thought it was quite funny, um, and. But also really rude at the same time. But I guess you have to find humour in it too. Humour in the negativity. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's... It's not that's like, in a stay in a wheelchair, we've got to deal with it and just make the best out of what we can. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that's, that's the way well. we can do it. It's be positive. Yeah. And um, keep moving forwards. <laughs> Okay, one second, let me see, what was the last one? Six things the listeners can implement immediately to feel better and more positive on a daily basis. Um, well, if I was to give six things, I would say the one ritual that I do the most is after each day, I always write the three best moments of each day. So then it kind of builds a habit of trying to fo find, focus on the good, even though there might have, you might have had a bad day, if that makes sense, um, just to build that positive mindset. So, yeah, writing three best moments of each day is a great way to start. Um, and number two, I also like read a passage from... Um, I think it's called Mission Impossible by Tim T. Brew. It's actually a um, a bit of a religious book, um, a Jesus book. <laughs> um, so it's got a passage a day in there. 
And then I also got a story, stoicism book. Also read a passage from there. So it's like 365 days in both of them books. And I just read one um, of each page each day um, just to help to give my brain some new ideas to think about and some positivity. Naturally, our brains will naturally go towards the negative. We have to try harder to be positive, if that makes sense. Maybe have a positive song that if you're feeling down, you can switch on that maybe gets you into a different headspace. Um, I, I like listening to Justin Bieber or Chris Brown. The song, yeah. yeah. Well, I think uh, Bob Molly does it for me, I think. Mm -hmm. well, yeah. I think I mentioned there you did about that no, no, uh, Three Little Birds song. Yeah. I think there's a, I've got a few, a couple of us. Uh, another country one uh, called Wagon Wheel, which is quite a good one. Mm -hmm. There's nothing like special about the song, but I like the lyrics in it. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, actually, I, I wrote I, we, the thing I didn't touch on. Again, because I, I don't, I don't, uh, I always play things down, so. <laughs> yeah, so another health setback would be the, the pain that I get, um, which came on just well, a minute ago, which when I was recording. And I think that's uh, something that I need to, I am looking at getting started. Mm -hmm. They actually put me on some, uh, antidepressants so at a low dose it works as a nerve suppressant so mm -hmm. I think you were talking about upping the dose a bit so mm -hmm. that, that might hopefully help mm -hmm. but I think uh, my coping strategy with that goes goes with singing that in my head that three little birds by mm -hmm. my so it sort of connects with what we were saying I think that's what that's what anyone can do when I think anyone has experienced pain in some time in their life. I think knowing that people are also suffer from it is good to know. I think uh, it's a really good idea to like sing a song, like you said, when you're in pain to take your focus away from it. It's a really good idea. Yeah, because I've really, never I've uh, I always play it down the level of pain they get but I think it it is it is serious and I think it is it's probably it he's got the a name for it is chronic pain isn't it so mm -hmm. because it is on a daily basis where it does that. Because mm -hmm. it, it it affects my eyes and my ability to say that so much wrong. Mm -hmm. And not long ago right? I was in physio and it, it made me black out. Because well. the pain was that much, it made my blood pressure drop. Well. So it is, it is, I do need to look after myself a bit more, I think. Yeah, I think maybe like, a, I don't know, because obviously if you're in pain and you can't even communicate that you're in pain and something's happening, you need like another signal to show someone like, I'm in pain right now. Like for example, if I'm, not moving my eyebrows or something. 
yeah like, I don't know like some kind of specific like this is the look that you need to do something or kind of I don't know you know what I mean because yeah. yeah I think that is good maybe like three eyebrows is like or like if you keep moving your eyebrows that means like something's well, wrong do you yeah, know yeah well, that's a good idea um, well, there you go that is, there is a positive out of today's talk show as well is that finding ways to communicate when you can't communicate? Yeah, I think that which, we should. Which could work for when you're kidnapped as well, so. Yeah, I think the eyebrow thing is a really good one if there's people around you. Um, I think that would be good for you. I think for me, because I share a room with my sister Zainab, so if I'm in pain, it's mostly at like night time or if someone is around me so sometimes I'm in too much pain that I can't even use my phone so then I, I, I've got Zainab next to me so she'll bring my mum for me if that makes sense yeah, that's, that's good to have or, that. yeah. or normally with my carer or something if that makes sense yeah so that's a hit. one good thing that's come out of it as well so that's good yeah Oh yeah, so there's three more things, isn't there? So I think another thing is that, that basically uh, talking about things. So like if, if I, I run three counting sessions and I feel that that really helps me yeah. target someone. Same. Somebody who's disconnected from you is, is good. Or even talking mm -hmm. to your loved ones about Stuff that's worrying you, or rather, rather than battling, battling things up, which, which I do quite a lot, I think. Same. I, I don't really, I don't really talk about. Well, I never really spoke about my pain to anyone. It's just something that I do, but it is good to talk about it. I think, even with, even with your doctors, just so you, you're actually speaking to someone. That's a good one. Mm. And I think just uh, another one was for me is being is getting outside. Like I, I I do feel the cold, but so the like if we go outside for a bit, it, it does help. Yeah, you meant just for short. Mental or... mental health wise, yeah. And I think it, there there was another one to do with going outside. Oh, that was it. I've uh, I've just bought a greenhouse, so they're gonna oh. start planting chilies and tomatoes and stuff. Oh my gosh, amazing! I love that. And like ginger, garlic, and turmeric, it's good for you. So <laughs> I love that you're gonna do that. Yeah, for for the mark. <laughs> I think you should grow coriander as well. I don't know. Do you put that in a greenhouse? Oh, yeah. Coriander is a really. I, I, I've got I've got a load of herb seeds as well, so. Yeah, dear. Yeah, so that that would get me outside. Then I'll help with like my well-being and stuff. Yeah. Like nature, plants, living creatures. Mm. Yeah, and then so that's two, and then the the last one. Well, the last one really is uh, escapism. I think. Now, try and listen to listen to an audio book or watch a film or something like that once a week I think mm. so the, the audio book more than a film 
Yeah, just to make yourself in the audio book. Yeah, and I, think, I like what... Yeah, I think doing that is a bit of escapism, it takes your mind to another dimension or whatever type of book you're reading. So, mm. Yeah, so that would be my, the, the sixth one and my third. Love it. I think we've got some beautiful um, takeaways there for people to implement. I like takeaways because um, you can talk about so many things in a show or even in a conversation in day-to-day -day life, but it's like, what are you actually taking away from this and what can you implement into your life? Yeah, I think um, it's, so I, it, it's homework oh. for the listeners. Yeah. And that they can try it out in the next, next month when we do a chat, we can... See how, see how they got on, they can let us know and stuff. Yeah, for sure. I love that. Because I do actually want to do like an agony on section, so we have people write emailing with problems for us to answer. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. I like that. Yeah, can I'm we give our advice? Try and get the listeners engaged. Yeah, we should do that. Yeah, that, that's uh, a good, good idea for the future, but. Yeah, we can do that for another chat show. Yeah, well, I think we, uh, hopefully, the listeners got a few takeaways out of today. And yeah. They can actually use it and, and uh, I suppose, feel, feel comfort that other people go through the same. That, yeah. Yeah, so that's it, really. That's the end of the, the show now. Thank right, you so then. much. Yeah, it's been good. Other than the, the that my moment a few minutes ago, yeah. Yeah, it's been good. I think it's uh, I think we've got we talked like more more stuff than last time, mm -hmm. which is good. And then we yeah. uh, we we will be back with another one uh, next month, won't we? So that'll be a good one. Yeah, definitely. So we'll see you on the next show. Yeah, let's well, see. Next week we're going to be doing the, the Terrific 12 as well. Yes. So that'll be uh, uh, more more music that one, uh, not uh, less chat, but... Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're hopefully we're going to do this once a month with this chat show, so that'll be... I've actually got um, a friend of a friend who does a podcast called Going In Deep about the sort of stuff that we've been speaking about. So mm -hmm. hopefully we can get a, co a collaboration as well. Yeah, that would be sick. That would be amazing. So I'll uh, send him a message to see if we can get that sorted. But yeah, mm -hmm. thanks. Thanks for joining me again. And thanks for everyone to listen, for listening. Thank you, know, you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, it was a, as a, it was a pleasure as always. And, yeah, like I said, if anyone wants to ask me anything or ask Sandra about anything, then we, we are on the, the group and stuff, so I'll, I'll add you as a, a moderator to it. So as an okay. admin to the group as well, and then we can hopefully uh, help people. But yeah, <laughs> so yeah, thanks for joining me, and yeah, yeah so... All that's left to say is I've been DJ Choppers, I'm now signing off. And you've been Sonnet. Thank you. Yeah, and then... Um
Yeah, so we don't see it through the week, we'll see it through the window. Mm-hmm. And this has been announced in production on RSS SoundCloud Deezer and Apple Podcasts. Any smart phone, any smart speaker, and wherever you choose to listen. And we have got one song to play out, which is a, a lovely song to finish with. And it is All You're Dreaming Of by Liam Gallagher. I think it's a very a lovely way to end the show with a nice positive message. So, yeah, enjoy this song and we'll uh, see you next week on Terrific 12. <laughs> see you later, guys. So keep the dark at bay Take your spotlight Underneath the moon Sometimes a miracle Is all that can carry you Oh, what are you dreaming of? Is it the Shut the pain, birds Come and rest their wings Upon your windowsill Without a song to sing Close your eyes and Disappear inside All that is beautiful Was following behind Oh, what are you dreaming of? Is it the kind of love that'll be there when the world is at its worst? That'll cover you in kisses
Good chat with DJ Choppers and Sana, bringing light and shade into your life. You now listen to the sounds of JT on Bounce FM. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Never to be forgotten, forever associated with Bounce FM. Love you, mate. Bounce FM, we're into your head. Dans cette tête, dans cette tête.